Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, yeah. I'm Chris Wilson. And I'm Dylan Gregory. And we host Backstage Gaming, a weekly podcast about video games and storytelling. We both play pretend professionally. Sometimes on stage with other people. And sometimes alone in a soundproof room. So join us every Monday while we talk about games, acting, and how a story comes together. Backstage Gaming. Dramatic takes on your favorite games. Part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Hey, yeah, you. Did you know that Arcast is on Patreon? Go check out patreon.com slash artcast for ways to help out the show and get some sweet perks in return. It could be something small such as our $1 tier to show your support. Or join one of our higher tiers to get a shout out, pick an episode topic, or even be a part of the show as a special guest. Even just sharing our show to your friends goes a long way. Once again, that's patreon.com slash artcast. Thanks for helping us and keep it retro. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another episode of Arcast Mini. This is Arcast Mini number 26, and I have the pleasure here to be with the uh, brothers of destruction, if you will, uh, Ahmed and Khalil. So how's it going there, guys? Amazing. Hey, what's going on? I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you guys are coming out with your game Swim Sanity on Switch very soon. Uh, you're also going to be showing it off at Play NYC, which is happening on August 10th to the 11th. Um, so I was kind of curious, I guess, um, you know, since like the game is out now, I believe on steam, is that right? Uh, no, it's not. Yeah. We're, it's we're, not. We're, okay. Yeah. We're going to release on all platforms at the same time. So we want to make sure everyone gets a stab at it right, right, right with everyone else. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Basically like, it's going to be like that big like, release that, you know, that, uh, that's coming out real soon. Um, and I know that you guys have been like around like in the circuit for like a while. Like you know, I, you know, I've seen you guys like set up actually like in other events, even at Play NYC, and you know, just, just like other events basically. So uh, I was kind of curious, I guess, like on um, you know, like what the journey has been like, I guess, like with making this game because I believe uh, Khalil, like for you, it started off as like a Flash game. Is that right? Yeah. So I mean, people have been seeing us around the last year because the last year is kind of where we've really been putting our game out in the public. But we've been around for a while. Just uh, I mean, working on the game and. We're self-taught developers, so some sanity for us really started off as a school project um, when I was in college. It was actually a flash project called Some Sanity: The Adventures of Muba Jiver, the Scuba Diver, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> it was basically a game where like a scuba diver would go down to the bottom of the ocean and try to collect gold while bringing it up to his boat while avoiding a bunch of different sea creatures. And um, it was like a school project that I did, and like a lot of the classmates would play and kind of enjoyed it. And then when Ahmed played it, he um, kind of thought like, hey, why don't we just like, let's see how far we can take this thing. So um, we've always been console developers and knowing that we wanted to get the game on console, we had to add like console um, concepts to it. So, you know, making it multiplayer, having more power, I was making it, having a little more like flair and replayability and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So over the course of like the last nine years, um, we've kind of gone through like iterative development, 
um, kind of starting the game over from scratch a few times, uh, taking a lot of players' feedback and stuff. And what you're seeing right now is kind of just the tail end of those nine years of us teaching ourselves how to make a game and also um, kind of putting a lot of care and thought into this um, concept that is from Sandy today. Awesome, yeah. And, um, you know, every time, like, it seems like I, I would see, like, your, your guys' game, like, just kind of, like, out there. Uh, there's always like, a, you know, there's always like a crowd. There's always like kids that are like enjoying themselves also like adults too. And like, you know, it, it just like seems like a great game, like where everyone can kind of get together and like enjoy it. Cause it seems like simple enough to play. Um, what's been like, I guess like the overall feedback that you've been getting and what, what's like the, I guess like the most interesting uh, piece of feedback that you've gotten from people playing it. Yeah. I think it's the fact that people can jump in very quickly of all ages um, and enjoy it. They like how it's not necessarily too violent, but it's still not kiddie enough where people, um, more advanced gamers can try it, but then they quickly find out there's kind of a lot of levels to it. And that's why we run those, those tournaments to kind of showcase like, uh, you know, this, there actually is a lot of depth to this game after you kind of start in, but the, I think the coolest feedback is something we try to pride ourselves on is keeping it really balanced. So in the game, we have these unleashes, which we have 13 of them. Uh, which are kind of like ultimates, like if you could compare it to like Super Smash. And in order to have, since we're unlike Super Smash, we're also a pretty deep co-op game. So in order to have the same type of ultimate or unleashes actually work well in versus and in co-op was a big balance challenge there uh, to have both happen, but also have it where something doesn't seem too overpowered. So the cool thing is seeing people kind of feel like when they use something, they're really good at it. Be like, oh, this is OP or something. And then use another and be like, oh, that's OP. Or like, and then everything is OP, right? Everything's good. Right. <laughs> everything is actually good against something. It's like and Marvel 2 in that sense, I guess. Yeah. Right. So they find that very quickly. Like it's all actually very balanced. There isn't anything that's too over the top and too much of a favor. And we also were able to just use uh, the great plate testers out there and the people at the show to actually balance the game. So we're hoping once we kind of get to release, everything's kind of been through the trenches and everything's going to be pretty polished and balanced uh, day one, which even as a gamer today, like I feel like companies are getting farther and farther away from releasing very polished games on day one. They kind of mm. almost put out a beta. So we're, we're a little more old school. We like to make sure our day one product is going to be something that really feels like it's kind of been there for a little bit. Right. Yeah. And I think that's like a really good, um, good point to bring up actually, especially for like indie developers. Um, Cause obviously that is like more of a thing, I guess, with like the AAA scene, like where you, you yeah. do kind of come out with like a product that doesn't feel like it's quite ready, but they just kind of want to get out there in time for like whatever quarter, like, you know, that they need to kind of like prop up or whatever. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, like in like the indie scene, I mean, like there, there's obviously kind of like a, like a mentality that, I just want to make like this game that I've always been wanting to kind of see that, you know, that, you know, to be out there basically like in, uh, you know, in, in like the gaming scene. And, um, you know, it's, it's just really cool. Like to see that you guys are kind of, you know, are taking your time in order to make sure that it is the game that you've envisioned basically all this time. Um, so for like some sanity, I mean, uh, you know, it is a multiplayer underwater shooter essentially. Um, and you have like your co-op and versus, um like have, have you like I, I guess like um seeing like people gravitate more towards like the co-op side or like you know to like compete against each other like you know what, what's been like i guess like the more popular modes that they've seen uh, from people playing it yeah so it's kind of crazy because uh like one, the other thing we kind of pride ourselves on is we have a little bit of something for everyone whether you want to play you know with a friend with your friends against your friends with your strangers against strangers on your own um we have a little bit of something for everyone so far at the shows um giving like the convention setting uh, you know, deathmatch tends to be a fan favorite, but we also run like a private beta. Um, 
you know, where people are able to plan within their own free time with no like time restraints or anything like that. And we found that a lot of people started playing the campaign campaign mode and try to do like the time challenges and stuff. They like try to see how fast they can beat a lot of the levels. So um, I think it depends on who exactly you're asking because there really is something there for everyone. I myself am curious to see um, which modes take off more than the others. Mm-hmm. But the game really has a full package that allows you to play um, whether or not you are a you know competitive gamer or a co-op guy um, or solo or you know like, you like playing with others. Um, the game really had lets you play it in all different angles. Yeah, we and as Cool was saying too, um, we try to make sure each game mode really is kind of its own game because we actually we felt like we could have probably released this as just one game mode and could have gone pretty deep. But we always had this vision where we wanted to make this full collection of game modes, and each one really feels like its own experience. Um, and as close at the show since his convention is very quick there's some game modes we actually don't even show really that much like we have a team or brush competitive mode that's kind of like captured a flag but since that takes more time and it could be varying like we don't show at the show but we we feel like that's going to be one people will like a lot but one thing we learned at the private beta earlier which was a surprise to us was people playing solo like we actually really designed the game to make it so it's you always play with people and when people were really trying to play solo from the private beta, we made a lot of changes to make it more friendly for someone to just go in and play solo in our co-op mode. And also for the verses, we have bots, so you can always play with them too and kind of earn all the challenges in the game. Mm, okay. So like if you're playing solo, then is the challenge kind of like scaled back a bit in order to make sure it's not overwhelming? Or We, tried to, we still want to encourage people to play together, so we scaled back um, some of the difficulty for especially in our co-op modes. Um, so it's kind of more welcoming for a single player, but we we wanted to make sure that encourage people to like go online and play with people or include bots. But we always wanted to make sure to try to have people play together. Um, so we scaled back so people can come in and that kind of enjoy. Well, it. for the solo for the solo like actual campaign mode, you actually get rewarded more points for playing solo. Correct. So the rewards you get back is actually bigger than mm. um, playing with a but team. It's challenging. But it's, it's definitely, definitely it's definitely more challenging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that solo experience then uh, was you know because th- that was essentially what the original project was right like the, the like flash game the um, adventures right. of Muba Jiver, um, <laughs> so um, like like what was like I, I guess like uh, what was um, I guess like something that was like left on like the cutting room floor if you will um, like that didn't make it to like the final game that you wish that you were able to make work in some way. A lot. And so we have like we have we have we have a lot of stuff um, just from like we have a lot of game modes that have definitely been left on the cutting room floor that um, some of them that we definitely plan to revisit um, other ones that I'm actually not even sure if we can touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, like we, man, what are some of the, like the game modes that you were on? Like I'll, I'll throw, there's actually some weapons that we left out. Like we wanted to have like a barricade weapon where you can like trap people into certain areas. Um, we had a leg weight that, like, <laughs> that was kind of like a chain with a ball in it that like, that like dragged you down to the bottom of the ocean um what well, we had we had an electric eel in the game they used to go to the middle of the screen and just shock everybody <laughs> but it was like oh, so wow. OP, we had to get rid of it yeah, yeah the, I can the imagine. funny <laughs> thing and i was telling cool too a lot of these ideas too were scrapped before we really feel like we hit this uh trajectory in our game where everything kind of felt right so we kind of were thinking back to it now now that we kind of learned okay these are this is how like a game feels like a full game and they're all thematically all the colors were together it's not confusing like we plan on especially after release that's why we're excited that there's definitely going to be a lot of content coming after because we're going to revisit all those ideas and now with the new knowledge we have to see if we can fit these new ideas in new game modes new weapons 
uh, new unleashes. And so there's plenty of ideas. Some that were just like, are so out there. We're like, yeah, if we ever were to do like a sequel, it probably should just wait for that since it's such a dramatic change. But but yeah, we, we definitely have a lot of even had a walrus with telepathic powers. <laughs> it's like, it's like the, the assets are still there, fully drawn out. It's just, wow. Okay. <laughs> you go back looking for like all the old assets, and you're like, what was? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that could possibly be like DLC down the line, maybe. You know, it's an idea. <laughs> I mean, I do some voice acting as well, so I mean, if you have, you know, if you ever need like a voice for like a telepathic walrus, I'll be like your guy right here. So. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll buy a channel some like. Uh, Chumley from like Tennessee Tuxedo, like uh, cartoons or whatever. So. Imagine that. You get like this new crazy career all based off a of telepathic walrus. Like, like finally my moment. Yeah. I know. It's that my time be, to shine, guys. Nice. <laughs> there you go. Um, so obviously since you guys are uh, are very much like, you know, rookies like in the, um, you know, in, in, in like the gaming space and uh, you're also brothers too. Uh, was there any sort of like, I guess, um, sibling rivalry, I guess, like at play? with you guys working together like first time doing like a gaming project like this uh not too i mean not too much Khalil, i always kind of follow Khalil's path growing up so if he was somewhere in the house i was like right behind him if he's playing a game i'm just following him around even going mm. to college he's like i'm going to umass i'm like i'm going to umass and he's like i'm gonna do computer science i didn't know computer science really was i was like yeah sure i'll do it too so we kind of we always just kind of work together and stay together um so if anything Everything that he started, I always, I always definitely want to try to be as good as he was um, doing it. And then we kind of feel like together our ideas, um, like we feel like we could really accomplish anything. So, and I, and I think it's just a blessing to be able to kind of go through this together. And we always, even doing whether it's interviews or going places, like we're always going to try to kind of do this whole thing. So we have a huge vision of what we can do kind of in a development space. And so it's always cool to kind of be able to do that with your brother, but the, the also great thing is that we don't hold back our opinions because we don't have to because it's like <laughs> it's my brother so he's not and we also don't have the same opinion yeah right, right. so <laughs> like we can so if you probably watched us like design things like things could get pretty heated but it's not anything out of like hate or anything it's just that we're that passionate and we know where our passion is and also sure, knowing yeah. cool is my brother like he's not going anywhere after <laughs> after a good <laughs> argument or something like we're gonna be in the same place so that's also a great thing too because we can really get our thoughts out there and not have to worry about how that person's going to take it and so um, i'm guessing that you're a younger brother than ahmed yeah i am yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm the baby of the family yeah now now i will i will say though although we do this is more working together than working against each other when we were younger like middle school age and stuff we actually used to do like fake companies (laughs) oh really and we used to make yeah we used to make like paper prototype games and our companies would compete with each other so before we actually worked together in the same company we were actually trying to take each other's companies out in in our fake world (laughs) yeah a little fake world our parents looked at us like what are they doing like why are they always in the basement and we didn't know paper prototypes was actually a thing uh that was actually like a real gaming design but the only reason we did it was because our parents then a lot us play games on the weekdays during school nights so we figured okay we'll just make games on the weekdays like we'll make the games we play like i made like a mario kart paper version <laughs> like oh wow we just used our imagination but we didn't really know that really at a young age we were actually like designing games and paper prototype games so we we weirdly started a lot earlier than we thought and we were just trying to find a way to always be attached to games even when our parents thought we weren't yeah and like it helped too i guess that you had like had like each other as well to kind of like play off each other and like you know also have that creativity kind of bounce around i guess in that sense right yeah 
Right. Exactly. I used to have fake meetings in my head where I'd be like, with my with my fake coworkers, I'm like, all right, guys, companies, they're they're moving up to the pot to the top. We got to take them out. What's the next? Thing? Right. It's like a game of risk, basically, but like you're making the board yourself in that case. Exactly. Yeah. And then our older sister walks in, it's just us scribbling crayons on like this paper. Like, like, oh, we're making games. Get out of here. So I, I guess along with like this like I don't know tech company strategy game and like Mario Kart, were there any other like I guess paper prototypes that you remember making that you're that you're kind of like proud of I guess at the time? Yeah, I had a game called Stick and Twig. It was supposed to be kind of like the Banjo Kazooie oh, of, okay. of the of that kind of world, but I couldn't draw, mm-hmm. so I had to make literally like a stick and a twig. Those are like my main I characters. I remember that so quickly. It. That was. <laughs> <laughs> Pull that the ready, boom, right, right there. The Stick its wig. He's been waiting for this moment to talk about. <laughs> I didn't even think that was that much in your like your memory. I thought that was a throwaway. <laughs> well, I thought I was actually upset because you guys you never played the game as much as I thought I you would. So, like deep down, I have these reservations. That stick and twig oh never really God. like had the shine that Stick-in I wanted. Twig. So. Oh, man. Man. He's like wow. ready for the stick and twig merchandise and everything. <laughs> it's definitely coming. There wow. we go. Jeez. So, uh, you know, kind of curious and with like stick and twig, I guess, um, you know, uh, what, what, like, what are like the personalities like between stick and twig? I mean, so it was supposed to be like kind of banjo. Cause I think the twig guy was more like the assistant character stick had like the majority, like the, the like the more the hero, you know, the bigger functionalities. Yeah. The twig guy kind of helped you like jump from like farther platforms and stuff like that. I wasn't really like creating anything absolutely new, but in my head, it sounded like a really cool idea. So, yeah. I mean, it could be something down the line. You never know as far as like stick and twig, be. like platformer or something like when you guys have like more <laughs> like un- under your belt, I guess, in a sense, you feel more confident, I guess, to take on that that type of game, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, I think that this is uh, this whole podcast is really just set up for me to I know, yeah. <laughs> We're laying the groundwork basically for the rest yeah. of your career. <laughs> Stick and twig, 2020, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, but in all seriousness, I, I've always wanted to work on an adventure oh, game, so I, I would definitely never count that out. Yeah. Because uh, growing up on the N64 era, that's that was really one of the, ah. the big things. Like after Mars 64 came out, like adventure games were kind of the thing. Yeah, so sure. If I could ever like bring that back. Stick and Twig might have a chance. It might. It might. Yeah. One of the games we played a lot too was uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Was like probably it's like a top two game. I think top two, three game for us. We played a ton. And one thing we created that I was really excited about. We did a a card game version of it, and it was like a fully fleshed out card game. There's a full board, and we basically just tried to make it so that you can play Final Fantasy Tactics in a card form. So like you would have all your classes for like being a squire a mage and you would like shuffle the deck and then you'd get like your your characters that all might have like random abilities i remember you used to use like our dad's like black and white copy printer to like keep multiple keep creating card decks like these fake decks oh wow and then okay. we would distribute them and then you can decide like what weapons or like armor that character has and then you have to pick five like the game and then you like attack each other and if square enix is listening you know, if you want to pitch for <laughs> the Final Fantasy Tactics board game, that was one we played. We played that one a lot. Um, oh, right. We created that. We're, I think we might have been like middle school or something. 
But I mean, is there anything like even anything like that right now, as far as like a tactic, like like a tactical RPG, but in a board game format? I'm telling you, I honestly like we've been saying it. We're like, dude, we should pitch this idea to Square Enix. I think it would be. I mean, that could really work just by like the concept alone. You know? Exactly. I think I feel like all the hard work's already done, right? Because like, they kind of exactly. laid yeah. the roles and everything. Yeah, because we had like elevation on the map too, so that would like decide if your attack's stronger or not, if you're behind the player. Like mm. it just played like Final Tactics, which was basically like a board game. So I was right. actually I'm kind of shocked they didn't they haven't done that especially with tabletop kind of booming so much but mm. right. you should probably like you know protect this episode and copyright everything know, like I before you even release it you know just to keep Honestly, all the ideas if someone steals that idea and makes it please let me know because I'd love to play this, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm so open to saying it because I love the game so much that I know someone could probably create it probably better than we can and we'll just I'll buy it like I don't I don't even need any stake in it. I just could keep sharing the ideas until someone does it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so you know, so obviously you mentioned with with Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, obviously like adventure games too, like Mario sixty four. Um, were there any other games, I guess, that you played in your youth that like really had an impact on you, like leading up into like you know this whole new venture of of, of creating games yourself? Yeah, I think um, so. We started gaming around um, like three, four years old or so. My mom actually got us into gaming. Mm. Um, one of the biggest games back then that probably really you see the inspiration of in some sanity today is Bomberman, like the old Bomberman games. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Just the kind of uh, four player, kind of chaotic, you know, kind of cutthroat nature of it. Do we have that Turbo Graphics? Um, is that one? Turbo Graphics, Sega Genesis, we had it on. Um, but yeah, we've, I mean, we've always had a Bomberman to play on every generation up to hmm. now. That's not My mom's good at Bomberman. Um, she kills yeah, it. she loved it too. Really? But yeah. I think the, the thing with Bomberman that people probably don't realize that we took from is um, Bomberman always had a campaign mode alongside its multiplayer mode that was just as playable that didn't really change the way you played, but it like the, the gameplay transition between both. And um, that's something that we wanted to carry on with our game is like, yeah, the same fundamentals inside Swim Sanity are played a- across multiplayer and co-op. Um, so you kind of get this like full replayable experience. The other game that I would say that, that influenced Swim Sanity would be Perfect Dark for me. Oh, is, okay. um, and that's from a game mode perspective. Um, I felt like Perfect Dark during its time, they did a lot of things um, out of the ordinary for like uh you know they were they kind of they did uh what was it called like the data uplink mode um they had your typical like capture the flag king of the hill right and then also the ability to like change like all those customization options that they had so um with the multiplayer uh, certainly yeah <laughs> yeah we, exactly right. we felt like, like, with, like with two players we felt like we could have experiences where we almost had 12 players we could play with all these sims in the game and all the stuff you can do. And we always like the fact that we didn't have two other players to play with, but we always wanted to have that four player experience and perfect dark, like filled in all those holes. And there's so many options. And this is why it's a superior game than Goldeneye. Fight me. Yeah. No, I would totally agree with that. And like, even, even though like a lot of people have that nostalgia more for Goldeneye. Um, Perfect Dark really did kind of one up it like in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, I'll I'll just kind of say just like from like a, you know from like a previous episode that we did it on our cast, I was explaining like how I made up like game modes in Perfect Dark where you were right. up against like um, was it Neo, Trinity, and Morpheus from the Matrix, and it would just <laughs> randomly slow yeah. down time like like every so often whenever you fight them and stuff. So. You know, I had them in there, and I had like another one where it was like a bunch of like uh, of like the alien characters, but it just kind of you know made them all look like a little different. And then there was like one alien character that was on like super hard mode, basically. Right. That was basically the big boss out of all of them. So exactly, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you could really make make like your own games, basically, like within Perfect Dark in that sense. Right. Yeah. No, it was. I thought they were really revolutionary in that, and I'm not honestly. I'm not even sure 
if a game today has done quite what they were able to do with that. Like, it, it really is that immersive of how many modes you can do. By just base, what, I don't even really promoting it, really. Just being like, that option's there, and then you could kind of just run away with it. Yeah, and I feel like if you, like, made something, I guess, that um, kind of took that concept but really ran with it, like, actually made that, like, the driving force of the game itself, you could really have something in your hands there, you know? Yeah. You know? So, Perfect Dark, Bomberman, that all makes sense. Uh, certainly with, like, Bomberman, and, um, you know, I, I, like, I, it kind of makes me think that, like, what if you had, like, the opportunity, I guess, to add Bomberman as, like, a guest character, I guess, in Swim Sanity? Like, like, how, like how would that work? Like, just kind of throwing bombs, basically, while swimming around, like, with scuba gear and everything, or? I'd probably give him some scuba gear because I, I think Barman would probably need like an oxygen pack on his back or something like that. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he'd probably have like, uh, so he'd probably have like a special bomb unleash kind of deal, I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think yeah I think we're doing it. We're going to call him up right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to get hold of Konami for that one. So, yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, would there be like any other, I guess, video game characters that, you know, in, in like an ideal world you would want to add in as a guest character? Well, the first the first from Sandy is actually based off a game called Octopus that was in Game and Watch Gallery on the oh, Game Boy. Right, it actually had yeah, it had Mario going down to the bottom of the ocean trying to get gold from like an octopus. So, um, as cliche as it sounds, like if I could have like Scuba Mario in the game, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, or the octopus, I would take the octopus too. <laughs> yeah, I mean they already have like the octopus in um, in like Smash Brothers as like uh, Mr. Game and Watch's like ult- like Ultimate Smash or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, it does exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. so just like just take that asset basically and just use it within some sanity essentially. Exactly, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, you know, as far, as far as like, just like, uh, like any, anything else they have, like in the future, like, I don't know if there's like any other, like, uh, I guess like ideas or any sort of like, you know, games or like, uh, what your, I guess like what the foreseeable future kind of looks like for decoy games and for you guys in general. We have a pretty good idea what our next couple games are going to be. Um, and we have some ideas that probably need to be fleshed out for a couple more, but that's kind of the thing we're really excited about is that we just have a lot of different things we want to bring in. Um, bring up with with decoy games and kind of always try to like even take an old genre and revolutionize it a bit and we always we do always love like multiplayer experiences we do like things that have a lot of replayability but also using new technologies um all of the ideas that we kind of floating around we're really excited to kind of bring back these old school type of genres that you don't see as much today but bring them to like the new technology and have a run kind of in a way where it feels very modern well, especially on Switch too, like having like on the go like that and being able to connect like online or like with people locally, like is, is you know it's certainly a big deal. Um, and I feel like it's it's like you know it's like a great fit, especially for Swim Sanity in this case. So um, I really hope like it does, does you know it does well for you guys, like especially on that platform. So um, you know like it, it, and it's coming out very soon as well. Like as far as I know, it just says like summer 2019. I don't know if you guys have like a specific date in mind for it or. No date right now, but we'll hopefully be kind of releasing a date soon. But we are close. We're definitely grinding away. That window, that window is still in play. We can say yeah. that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, you guys are also doing a tournament, also a Play NYC. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is going to be our biggest uh, tournament we've done today. We've been doing we've been doing tournaments for the last whole year. So um, all around the world, we've been to London, Texas, Seattle, Austin, New York. So um, we wanted to go back to one of the kind of the core of one of the indie shows that we started off with and have our first official tournament. We're giving out real, like some Sandy trophies to the winners. Um, on Saturday, we're going to have a free for all death match tournament. 
And then on Sunday, we're actually going to have a pair of people up in twos, whether it's someone you know or we'll find someone to play with you. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a 2v2 tournament. It's going to be live streamed on the big stage um, so that, you know, people at home can watch you play and also anyone else attending the convention can watch you play as well. But uh, yeah, we're planning on putting on a little bit of show for the people who enjoy playing the game since, you know, they've given us so much support. We want to kind of show our respect for that back. So Very excited. Awesome. Awesome. And um, where can people go like to find more information on some Sanity and Decoy games? So you guys can follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, Decoy Games. Instagram is Decoy Games Official. Um, we're really trying to push our uh, Discord community. So if you just search some Sandy on Discord, uh, we're really open to talk about really anything. But, you know, you want to ask questions about some Sandy, other games, um, developer questions is really up to you guys. Um, just join our portal. We're always up there, always listening. Uh, like I said, again, I just searched some Sanity. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Khalil, Ahmed, it's a real pleasure to speak with you and uh, best of luck, honestly, with Swim Sanity as it's swimming towards like its release date here. So. That's right. That's a splash. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Justin. And I'm Josh. And we host the Pretty OK Gamers Podcast. Think of our show as water cooler conversations with a little less gossip and a little more geeking out. My Halo, I think, is Legend of Zelda. What? No way. No. Who are you again? I'm Justin, and we're we're (laughs) rather okay at playing pretty good games. No, no. Every week, we talk about games and their history, and even ask ridiculous questions like, are open world games even good? So come join us every Sunday on the HP Gaming Podcast Network. See you there. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.